new CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack Franchilli from Wahoo's 24-7, and we're starting off the Tony Elliott era with a win. The Cavaliers beat Richmond 34-17, and I know some of you aren't quite happy with the win. Well, you're happy with the win, but you're not happy with a few things that you saw. First game is really easy to overreact. Um, you either think your team is a championship contender, a world beater, or you think it's the worst team ever and uh, you're not going to win a single game for the rest of the season. So we're, we're going to avoid these two. We're going to avoid war beaters and we're going to avoid that this team is not going to amount to anything. The first game is a good chance to evaluate, especially for the coaches who are trying to adapt to new schemes. So we're not going to overreact to what we saw. We're not going to name Heisman contenders and we're not going to name um, that this team has no power five talent. We're not going to do that. So when we look at this win, we're going to say Tony Elliott kicked off his era with a win, point one, which we have seen is not easy to do. We have seen other teams struggle on the opening game of the season to lesser opponents technically. So point one, good thing to start with a win. Point two, a lot of good talent on this team that can improve as the season goes on as they adapt and learn in their two new schemes for offense and defense. So point two. Now the next thing is we're going to dive in with other key things that we saw. And one of the things that I think everyone should be really happy about is that you have a guy under center called Brendan Armstrong. I know it wasn't as flashy of a game, as some might expect, but I didn't expect the, what we talked about with Preston Will and Greg Mendia when we were breaking down the offense after the fall camp. We all said the same thing. We all thought that this wasn't going to be an offense where you're going to blow away with high numbers at occasions. But honestly, he still had a really good day and really uh, he had 246 passing yards. He had 105 yards rushing. That's a great day. He's also broken <laughs> broken the record for the all-time total offense, uh, offensive numbers for Virginia football program. So he had a good day. Um, yes, he would like to take that interception back, but Brennan Armstrong in his first live game in this new offense did a good job controlling the tempo and did a good job of getting the ball out. So he finished 21 for 33, one interception and two touchdowns. Um, and then he, like I said, he also had that 105 yards rush, 105 yards rushing 64 of those coming from that first touchdown, um, that touchdown run that he had. And when you look at that touchdown play, all the coaches said the same thing. That was not a scripted play to Brennan. That's what Brennan will give you. Brennan will, will give you the ability to call an audible on the field. 
he will get through his progressions really quickly. That's what I really like about him. He will read the defenses and he will pick his progressions, go through his reads and say, that's not there. That's not there. And then he saw his opportunity and he ran for it. That's the type of quarterback that Brennan is. And that's the positive that we saw. He still has that ability on this offense. So they're not, you know, holding, holding him back in that regard. Um, the other thing that stood out to me is our biggest offseason question. When you, what was the biggest offseason question? The offensive line. And I know a lot of you are, are going to say, well, it was against Richmond and they were having new talent on that D line. They were trying to, it's like, yes, but again, UVA was having, tra- had to transition a new O line. And what we saw was they didn't have many big breakdowns. Um, that one sack that uh, we saw Brendan Armstrong go down in the second half where he came up kind of gingerly and he was kind of holding his shoulder. He said, he's fine. Don't worry about it. But, he was holding his arm or shoulder. And when you look at it, it didn't seem like it was a breakdown in the O-line. It seemed like Mike Hollins was, I, I think, a little bit too quick. Um, but it was definitely seemed like a miscommunication error uh, issue there. I think there was a breakdown where Hollins needed to go. So I, I think in that respect, I, I don't blame the O-line. And I think they did a decent job. I think Mikhail Boley in his first start did pretty well. I think there were times where you saw that he was a first year, which is expected um, because not only was he a first year, but he got onto grounds in the summer and he also missed a portion of the fall camp with an injury. Remember he had a boot on his leg and then he had a tape around his foot. So he, he progressed and he more, he earned his starting position because of his, you know, hard work and motiv- motivated uh, personality. But he's, he still needed some game reps. And he did get those reps. And he didn't do anything overtly wrong. He didn't do anything that cost you a game. So that's a good thing for a first-year offensive lineman. There, He's going to have to improve on a few things. But again, that was a good first start for Mikhail Boley. Now, what you did notice is that Virginia didn't try to do too much on that side of the ball. If you notice how they rushed the ball, they tended to go to the other side, tend to go to the right, which, you know, with Derek Devine and Logan Taylor, that's what you would expect with two veterans on that side. Happens on the other side, you had John Paul Flores and Mikhail Boley. John Paul Flores is a veteran, but again, it's a new guy coming to Virginia, coming into the summer as well. So you had two of the newer offensive linemen on that side compared to two veterans on the other side that had worked together um, and under, you know, they've been together for a while. So I understand that decision. So that was a really smart, and that's something that goes back to what I said earlier is that you can scheme around a weak O-line in the beginning of the season, especially because you have those options, you know, Logan Taylor, Derek Define a little bit more. You also see like, Hey, we, we have a freshman, uh, first year and left tackle. Let's not try to script our plays by running on that side of the ball. Let's try on the other side of the ball. Again, it's all about scheming and play calling to your to your strengths rather than highlighting your weaknesses. So again, that's what you saw in that game. So I I gave the O line a solid B. Um, it, I didn't see anything. You know, there's um, John Paul Flores had a penalty. He, I think it was two penalties on him that you go, okay, this is just the first game jitters. We'll, we'll get better. I think he had one of the false starts that you'll get better as the season goes on. You know, you get your timing correct. And that's something the offense needs to work better on is that timing 
you saw that with some of the wide receiver route running. You saw that with, you know, the drops. There are a couple of things on that offense that just needs to get cleaned up, and that's what we saw in that first game. That's why we didn't see those big numbers um, on that first game. But we also saw that, you know, Lavelle Davis is back. Lavelle Davis is going to be a big playmaker. And if you're on YouTube, I'm about to um, add the stats onto her screen. Lavelle Davis obviously had that big touchdown. He said it just felt great to get out there and be healthy again. And he just felt like it's just he waited for this moment. He said it was a long time coming. And he actually wanted to call the strength staff from the former staff um, to say thank you. Because although Tony Elliott and his staff has helped him in the recuperation from the spring onwards, a lot of his recuperation was under the former staff. So he was very grateful to them and he wanted to call them to thank them to help them get back into um, game fitness. So having Lavelle Davis back is certainly, certainly uh, a big plus for them. But I think anyone who's watched the game, anyone who's come out of that game, the first thing you should notice about the offense, although we talked about Brennan Armstrong, we talked about the O-line, it's about the run game. Um, let me move this up here so we can uh, see just the overall stats here. So when you look at this, you see 246 net passing yards, but you also see 259 rushing yards. We heard about this balanced offense, and folks, we got it. Um, And I think what I really appreciated was not so much that you have that balanced offense that numbers-wise, because that's what you want. You want that too, but what I liked was that sometimes they extended those drives and stayed on the field a little bit, especially in that first half, not quite in the second half, but in that first half, you saw them stay on the field longer, which will help the defense regroup and not get so tired, especially in the heat, especially when they face some tougher offenses down the line. So that was really good for this offense to show their ability to stay on the field and then also produce a run game. Um, 259 yards rushing. I, I think when you look at what UVA uh, did, I think in the first quarter, I think they amassed more rushing yards in the first quarter against Richmond than they did the entire game against Virginia Tech. So that's so that is a good positive. Another good positive is this young man named Paris Jones. I'm gonna move back over here. So Paris Jones, um, that you know, we heard so much about Paris during spring and also during fall he was hurt halfway through he was hurt for the first half of spring so he only came toward the end but he quickly made his way into the rotation and then the fall camp once ronnie walker went down we only heard about paris jones how he would be the number one back he would be number one back over mike collins over cody brown or xavier brown and he showed why on saturday not only was he a very good rusher but he also had no problems going after the blitz. But what I really liked about him on the running side was that you, sometimes a running back can get too eager and go a little bit, uh, go ahead of their blockers. And Paris would hold himself behind the line and wait for his blockers, which allowed him to get more yardage. And he was over 100 yards rushing. Um, he had 104, 104 net yards. He had that touchdown. He also had a, a receiving touchdown. Tony Elliott said he uh, actually ran the wrong route on that one. 
Um, but at the end, he scored a touchdown. But they, they said it would work on him a little bit. He said that when you have your day, you have your day. So I do like Paris Jones at RB1. I think he deserved that honor of being the number one running back, and he showed why. It wasn't a, a fluke or anything like that. Um, Holland's had a pretty rough day and consistent. Um, he did have a touchdown, uh, but he did fumble the ball and he landed on top of it. So he did have good instincts to land on top of uh, recover his fumble, but he did have an inconsistent day. I really like some flashes that we saw from Xavier Brown towards the end of the game. I know it's it's kind of hard to judge in those types of game. Um, he was kind of garbage time and didn't have a lot of the starters, but he, I, I'm really excited to see what Xavier Brown can do in the future. For Virginia, um, I think he's gonna. I think you're gonna see him contribute a little bit more. Um, and then you also have to consider that Ronnie Walker and Cody Brown are also featuring in this running game a little moving forward. Ronnie Walker has been slowly coming back to fitness, and I think you're gonna see him towards middle to late September. Cody Brown's injury is not serious; he should be back here soon. I don't think he'll miss the game against Illinois. So if that's the case, you might see him uh, kind of feature as well, but. Paris Jones is definitely one of those guys that you can look at him and say he's not just a practice player, he's also a gamer. So that was a that was that was good to see as well. So I think those that's that's the biggest things that you can take away from the offense. So the key takeaways when you look at the offense, you see Brennan Armstrong, still the guy that we remembered. The O-line is a work in progress. Like I said, I give him a solid B in the performance. Brennan, I'll give kind of a B plus because of that third quarter um wide receivers you know i would probably say a b minus c just because of those drops that we've had you had a lot of um i think keaton thompson lavelle all of them they, they averaged um in the double digits of yards um after catch but it's it, this the game would have been looked a lot different if a few thing if a few wide receivers didn't drop balls um, so I, I wasn't, it wasn't a good day for them. That's something that, you know, their coach Higgins is going to work them uh, a lot this week. Um, so I think overall the offense was B. I think it was, it was a good first outing for this group because obviously they're adjusting to new scheme. They're working on timing and it's, it's honestly, it's a, it's a little bit what I expected. I didn't expect to fire all cylinders when you're, this is your first opportunity to go against a live opponent on the first day. Um, I, I honestly think what we saw is what I, ex what should expect from a first uh, outing for this offense. I think there's a place for a lot of improvement and they have the skilled players to be better. So we'll see how they handle Illinois next week. Um, that's going to be a, 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 a better test for this offense. And we're just going to cut to break real quick. And we're going to talk about the defensive side of the ball and get, and then get my overall thoughts on what's next for Virginia as they prepare for Illinois. So we'll be right back. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. And welcome back to the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jackie Franchuli for Wahoos 24-7. And we talked a little bit about the offense. I gave him a solid B for that first outing of the season. Um, some things to work on, like I mentioned. And then moving on to the defense. I think when you look at the defenses, again, I, I think, yes, there's a lot of things that was said preseason, and I still believe a lot of those things. But again, like I said in the game preview, this I expected them to come out slow. I didn't expect them to um, be world beaters or dominate Richmond defensively that quickly, um, just because of the just because they needed to assimilate and also just needed to get into, I guess, game mindset. Um, first time these guys were out trying to figure out the packages that, uh, coach Rudd was working with, you know, he's mentioned it in the fall that he kind of threw a lot of stuff at him and then trying to see what worked best with them and then kind of taking that playbook and cutting it and just giving him the, the plays that work best with his players currently. I also think a lot of these guys were coming back from bangs and, um, some, some injuries, like for example, Antonio Clary didn't hit for the last two or three weeks. Um, I think it was the last time he didn't, he didn't hit in that first scrimmage. And then I think he had one practice where he allowed contact and then he didn't hit again until the first game. So I think that was some of the issues that that D-line was having was there was a lot of guys who were coming back and getting more game fitness, or I guess less more contact on that opening game. So that's why I was a little bit hesitant to say that they were going to come out swinging. I thought they were going to be better. I thought the secondary was going to be better, which they were. I thought the secondary was going to be better. Um, and the D-line, I think it's going to be ultimately going to be a strong unit because of their depth. I know they didn't get much of that push in the game. And I guess I'm just going to start <laughs> breaking down the defense. I, I know the defensive line didn't get much push and didn't give that chaos. I felt like Chico Bennett and Kent Butler didn't pressure much but then also richmond was playing that up-tempo offense which is a, a, i guess a little hard to attack um that's what you know nick jackson was saying it is a more of a challenge when they are playing that up-tempo offense i think that is something that virginia has struggled in the past and i think that's something that they're going to have to work on moving forward because you notice that they struggled a bit but also i think they didn't have the desired first lineup up there you know you when you look at who started in the middle, especially you didn't have Josh Ahern and he's the guy. You know, we talk about Paris Jones having the he's a gamer game against Richmond. Josh Ahern had essentially the same thing when he came in the second half. Remember, he didn't play in the first half because he had that targeting call against Virginia Tech last season. They didn't have a bowl, so he couldn't sit out that first half. So the ACC offices told Tony Elliott and his staff that Josh Ahern had to sit out the first half against Richmond. Aaron, when he came in, he made an instant impact. He is really good against the run. Now, 
pass protection, he still needs to improve a few things. But the good thing about how Coach Rudd schemes his defense is that there is an extra safety. So with that extra safety, Josh Ahern can focus more on the run. There's a little more help and coverage. So that so that means that defense highlights his strength, which is what we saw in the second half. Ahern was able to come on and made two of the biggest stops for the Virginia defense in third and fourth and one inside Virginia territory. He met uh, running back Aaron Dykes for the Richmond Spiders and tackled him twice um, to convert on to turn over the ball, ball on downs. And he came on, he finished with five tackles, and he had his first career sack. And honestly, he should have had an interception too. And that other drive shouldn't have gone that far for Richmond because it should have been an interception. He he was really good at keeping his eyes to the quarterback and snatching an interception. Actually, Tony Elliott uh, said that he should have called a timeout um, before that play because he realized that there was a issue in the substitutions, and that's something that he's going to learn. And again, we'll talk about that at the end of the episode about overall thoughts of the game. But again, Josh Ahern is going to be a big playmaker and him alongside Nick Jackson is going to be a good pairing. Look at the stats for the game. Nick Jackson led in tackles. Again, a very quiet 14 tackle game. Nick just does his job quietly. I think him and Josh Ahern are going to be an excellent partnership. They both complement each other and what their strengths are. And I think you're going to see that more and more when they come, when they play James Jackson was, I think is not suitable for that will role. I think he was, he's often when we saw the pairings, it was off often Nick Jackson and Josh Ahern and James Jackson and Hunter Stewart uh, with possibly us a few moments of Deshaun Perry for Hunter Stewart. So I think that was a situation there too. That's why you saw, now I want to say hesitancy, but you saw some learning curve on James Jackson's part in that first half. And if you look at Richmond's running numbers, you saw how Virginia's defense did adapt. That was something that you should credit with Coach Rudd and the defense. They did adjust pretty well in the game. In the first quarter, Richmond averaged six yards per carry after the running the ball 11 times for 67 yards. Then that number went down to 4.7 yards per carry in the second quarter because UVA made adjustments. That number went down even more in the second half. They just averaged four yards per carry in the entire second half, 4.2 in the third quarter, and 3.3 in the fourth quarter. So with the addition of Josh Ahern and more adjustments in the second half, they were able to stop the run against Richmond. So there was good adjustments being made on the field. So when you look at the defense, yes, there's going to be need improvement. The defensive lines need to um, get off their blocks, and they also need to push a little bit more and cause a little more chaos, cause a little bit more havoc. Yes, that's something that they'll need. Need to get some pass rush. But we also saw what one player can do in the linebacker unit and how Josh Hayhern is going to be a critical part to that piece. And you also saw a secondary that did a pretty good job. I liked what I saw from Darius Bratton in his field safety role. The biggest issue is that run game because uh, against Illinois next week, and we're going to dive into Illinois a little bit more closely as the week goes on. Like I, like you saw last week on Wednesday morning, we'll have a breakdown of Tony Elliott's press conference and the podcast episode on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, I'm actually going to have a guest from Jeremy Warner from our Illinois site. He's going to come on the pod and he's going to talk about Illinois and obviously he's going to bring up Chase Brown, 
who had 199 yards on 36 carries um, this past game. And he's the guy who had most of his yardage after uh, his first hit. So that's, that's going to be an interesting matchup for Virginia. So defensively, I think overall it was a, it was a BB minus. Uh, I think the first half, the running game, they needed to stop the run a little bit better, but again, they adjusted. So I think it was a decent performance in that regard where the team and the coaches adjusted. Again, there's a lot of communication with the substitution penalty um, and that sort of those sort of operational things that need to be changed as well. But that's something where Tony Ailey, if you mentioned, a lot of these coaches are coming in for the first time coaching together. And also this is the first time that, you know, Tony Ailey was coaching as a head coach. He had a lot of decisions to make. So this is sort of thing that they're going to adapt moving forward. That's sort of the, um, what you expect uh, for a first time head coach in the first game, which is why you want to start off with a Richmond and not with um, Clemson or uh, a tougher opponent. So overall thoughts in the game. And I mentioned this in my five takeaways after the game. Um, If you're not a Wahoo's 24 subscriber, as I post within an hour or two after the game, I usually do my five biggest takeaways of the game. And one of the things that I mentioned was, this is going to be a process. Like I, like I kind of harped on earlier, this is not going to be a magic wand situation where you go defense is better than last year and the offense is clicking in a new scheme. You need time. It's a process. You're, you're having players adjust to their new roles in a life situation. And I think this was a good first step in the process. So I'm not in a, let's, This defense is like last year. This defense has no talent. I don't think that because I do believe this defense has talent. I do think this defense has a higher ceiling. I I think what we saw on the first game is just one step in this defense. Um, The biggest development that you see on a college football team is between the first and second game because this is the first time you have live tape. So you expect a bigger jump from the first to the second game because the coaches can evaluate what they saw on the field and they can adjust and adapt. I think that's where your first true test is, is can this coaching staff adapt after what they saw? Can they learn? And I think also you're, you're also thinking that this coaching staff will also learn from their mistakes too. That's something that they're also going to see. Like Tony Elliott said, you should have called a timeout before that substitution um, because the guy wasn't off the field yet. And that would have, that was the play that, uh, Josh Ahern had that interception, which was called back. So he's learning and he's maybe considering maybe at the end of the first half, maybe he should have called a timeout so they can have a two minute drill and keep the offense a little bit more on there so they can develop that killer instinct. He said they didn't have. So maybe that's something that where they can look at and say, maybe next time I'll be a little bit more aggressive in that. So maybe my aggressiveness can be mirrored by my players. And my final point is something where we talk about technique. We talk about fundamentals all the time with these players, but you also have to adjust their mentality and mentality sometimes takes a little bit. What I saw, I saw a lot of fundamentals and technical things that were better. What you saw and it's something that I think the staff is going to work on consistently is you saw still the same problem that I saw last year with Bronco Mendenhall staff, that this team couldn't play four quarters. They weren't consistent from the first whistle to the last. 
You saw that in the third quarter. You saw them kind of have that little downturn um, on the offense as well. And that was a problem last year because if you look back, a lot of times when they weren't controlling in a game, the other team came back. We had the Louisville close call. We had the Miami close call. That's because they didn't play four consistent quarters. And then you had games where they didn't play early on, and then they had to dig themselves out of a hole. So those situations can cause problems when you're not facing a Richmond, especially toward the second half of the season. You can't afford those things. You need to play four quarters. Um, And I think that is something where the staff is working on mentally. You need to have that killer instinct. You need to finish teams off. So that is something where I'm more curious to see how you grow from that because that, that takes time. That that does it's harder to change a team's mentality than it is to turn change their fundamentals and technicality. So that is something where it'll be um something to watch moving forward. But just because that is something that I noticed from last year and I saw it again this season. That is, that is probably my one of my biggest concerns is can they keep that consistently going for four quarters? So I think overall. It wasn't a bad first game. They got the win. We saw some good things. We saw some good new names pop up. We saw that they have um, talent. And we also saw potential in what they can do with more game experience. That's the key. More game experience will be big. So it was a good game. Um, We saw a lot of good things. And next is the first true test. It's a road game at Illinois. Last year, Virginia beat Illinois pretty easily at home, but this time they're heading on the road. And Illinois is a better team this year. Virginia has a lot of the same weapons on offense, but it looks like a new offense. On defense, it's going to be a true test for them against the rush. Can they stop Chase Brown? We're going to have those game previews coming up on Thursday morning. We'll have the in-depth game preview, and then we'll have full coverage from Tony Elliott. And starting from next week, we're also going to have a segment for our Wahoo's 24-7 VIP subscribers that we call Closer Look. It's where I rewatch the game with our message boards. Um, it's We kind of look at those plays a little bit closer, film breakdowns. And that will be on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. live on our message boards. I might try to do one on YouTube as well. So if you're not a subscriber, head over to Wahoo's 24-7. We are running a 75% off sale right now. Um, so that means you you get monthly subscription for $2. Um, so if you sign up for an annual, so it's a pretty good deal. So we'll have full coverage from the season, also recruiting. There was a couple of recruits visiting on on grounds on Saturday as well. So a lot of stuff happening, and I hope you guys enjoy what new content we're bringing. We are actually have adding some new writers as well to the site. So we're excited for the future of Wahoo's 24-7. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks again for supporting this podcast. I really appreciate all of you that have followed on here and subscribed to our podcast. If you have yet to subscribe, please subscribe to us wherever you listen to our podcast. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. So thank you, everyone. And we'll be back here on Wednesday. So until then, hope you guys have a good Monday and Tuesday.